0: Broadcasting live to the world. Now, it's Sheila Zelensky. Sheila Zelinsky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zelinsky Show for this September twenty third, twenty fifteen edition a very interesting day and there certainly is a lot culminating coalescing very interesting indeed and to weigh in on this remarkable day is my good friend LA Marzuli you all know LA from lamarzuli.net and he's here to talk about days of chaos which is also the title of his new project and he will be joining me momentarily I want to just remind people that I broadcast Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and as well on the weekends, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern at WINB as well as Worldwide Christian Radio, WWCR. There also is a call in number for that. The information is on my website, weekendvigilante.com. This broadcast is 100% listener funded. I'm not sponsored by anyone. There's no advertising. It is completely 100% uncensored. If you listen to the show, please do sow into this ministry. The workman is worthy of his meat, and God loves a cheerful giver. So I want to encourage people, please do what you can. And I thank you in advance for that. And also a reminder, although I'm sounding like a broken record, but there is a lot of new listeners that tune in daily. So I want to remind people there is an app So just go to your smart device and download the app by typing in Sheila Zalinski. Make sure you spell it right, folks. All the shows are going to start populating, so we're working out a few small kinks, but it's going to be so incredibly easy, one click away from all the latest news updates, archives. Very convenient for you, the listener. My guest today is, you all know him, he's a highly acclaimed author and speaker, he is the author of On the Trail of the Nephilim, the Nephilim Trilogy, the Watchers series, his latest work being Watchers 9, and as well as his new project. We're going to talk about that. I could go on and on. But without further ado, Ellie Marzulli, welcome back to the program. It is a pleasure to have you back on.
1: Pleasure's all mine, Sheila. Thanks for having me here.
0: Well, it's great to have you on. Now, you recently just got back from a very interesting conference, the Nephilim Mounds, there in Ohio. Let's start off with tell the listeners about that conference.
1: Well, Nephilim Mounds Three, um, we had over five hundred people at the venue. It was just incredible. We started at nine o'clock in the morning and went to nine o'clock at night. Wow. Gary Stearman led led off with sort of a a reworking of his uh, presentation from last year. It's all about the seed, and basically. The reason why he did it again, and we wanted him to do it again, is because we realized a lot of people need the basics, Nephilim 101, and that's what Gary did. His second presentation was about the five kings that battled with Abraham, which was fantastic. Um, I talked about the the ongoing academic cover up, uh, an academic conspiracy, and gave literal proof of that. And you know, it's up to the to the viewer to decide for themselves. Chief Joseph Riverwood gave us a wonderful insight. Into Native American culture, Native American legends, and you know how they have dealt with the Nephilim throughout history. I mean, these giants were here in the Americas. Many of the tribes talk about it, uh, and yet uh, anthropologists and archaeologists just dismiss the oral tradition as superstition because Native Americans don't have any writing. But that's not true. Native Americans do have birch bark scrolls, and of course they're not letting anybody look at these things, but they have them. Um, they also have the oral tradition, and in order to be, to become someone in the tribe that would pass down that oral history, that person was was um, chosen from a very young age, from childhood, and they were trained, and they memorized the story, Sheila, word by word, not adding, not taking away. And, and many cultures throughout the world, not only here in the Americas, have done the same thing and, and place high regard on their storytellers. And so What's amazing, and I've talked to several different tribes about this over the years, and they all have uh, discussions. They all have this, um, this story of red-haired, six-fingers, cannibalistic giants that were here in the Americas before they even got here. And I find that just incredible and telling. Fritz Zimmerman gave us a wonderful presentation about um, the fact that uh, the Amorites who, of course, in my opinion, were a Nephilim tribe that are mentioned in the Bible and that were rooted in in the Levant, specifically the Promised Land, what is now Israel, there was a migration, a mass migration, into um, basically the Ohio Valley, just where we were, and that many of the sites that we see could be attributed to the Amorites. Fantastic presentation. Of course, Fritz, the following day went out to the uh, Newark-Ohio mound, which is the largest circular mound I think it's like the second second largest in the Americas. The thing is huge. It's over 1,200 feet in diameter. Absolutely phenomenal to stand there. Human sacrifice was also practiced at that place. No one really knows how it was built or when it was built. And the different archaeologists and anthropologists will argue that. to so the Calskum home. That's fine. But we, we have our own opinion on it, and so does Fritz. Russ Dizdar, of course, gave us the whole idea of the backbreeding of Nephilim, and he talks about um, the ritualistic satanic uh, abuse, which happens um, throughout the Americas. Really, I mean, all all through the United States of America, this stuff is going on. Uh, he talked about the, the idea that um, the singularity. In other words, there are those on the planet that are trying, that are believing that at some point in time uh, we'll be able to backbreed into this God Man. And Russ, Russ's presentation is always just incredible. Um, and, and he really he could do the whole day just by himself. That's how much material he has. But so it's, it was a great conference. Well attended. We did a q and a at the end uh, for about an hour, which was fantastic. Hagman and Hagman were there, uh, which is great to see Doug and Joe. A lot of great people came up. Uh, all in all, we had a family emergency. So we got sort of side, you know, blindsided. On Saturday and and then Sunday we we were not able to go out to the mounds and then the next seven days was an absolute nightmare for us but I digress but the conference was just fantastic well attended and uh, I think we're going to try to do one out here in California and also we'll probably do Nephilim Mounds 4 back at the same venue next year.
0: Well that sounds fantastic it's really Nice to see the Hagmans out. And it's also nice to see a lot of these guys like Russ Dizdar out, of course. Uh, Russ and I have attended conferences together before in a little different capacity, but it's still nice to see you know people coming out and supporting that. Now you mentioned something really interesting. You mentioned chronicling the history of the Native American people. You and I have talked about this on a previous show that my family, I had a chief of the Blackfoot tribe was my great-grandmother. Wow. And one of the interesting thing is when you look at petroglyphs and you look at some of these antique memos and writings of these Native Americans, it's very interesting. You know, a lot of my family has reptiles with the halo at its head and footprints. Of course, we've got those six toes, which is so interesting alongside. Now, you know, I always thought, why would a Native American concoct the same anomalous physiology as the ancient Hebrews were doing on the other
1: side of the world than L.A.? Well, and this goes back into our work um, on the trail of a Nephilim plus Watchers 6, Watchers 8. You know, we've discussed this and continue to discuss it, continue to probe, uh, continue to do investigate and and uncover. Literally, we're on one site in Ohio on private property. And, um, you know, we're not sure what we're looking at yet, but uh, it's a very interesting site. And the reason for this is, Sheila, we believe that there was a diaspora. There was a a, um these, these Nephilim tribes left the Levant, left Israel, left the Promised Land. Um, as Joshua and Caleb press into what, what became later Israel, um, they're conquering all these tribes. And these tribes are a hybrid. They are not human beings as we know them. We believe that they are the offspring of fallen angels and the women of earth. And we believe also, our hypothesis is, that they populated a new world. And I, last time I was on your show we talked about this and on the trail of a Nephilim we show hardcore physical evidence in both bo- volume 1 and volume 2 that the history of the world that we've been taught is wrong. It has been deliberately sanitized, it has been manipulated uh, to completely move people away from anything supernatural and 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 bo- you know hold up the darwinian paradigm. What I found on Catalina Island which is an island which is right outside of Los Angeles, about 26, 27 miles away, and part of the Channel Islands, which go, extend from Santa Barbara in the north to San Diego in the south, and on Catalina, one of the largest islands, uh, Ralph Gooden, who conducted primitive archaeological research in 1919 and 1921, discovered, and we have photographic proof of this, and we had the photograph analyzed by three separate people. We all, they all put that skeleton which he unearthed at around nine feet. We've got pictures of that picture. That picture went viral. The History Channel's In Search of a Lost Giants. Um, they showed that picture on the show. It was my discovery. It's my intellectual property. I'm the guy that did the research on it, the guy that discovered it. And then we we also did, um, we had three different researchers um, take that photograph and tell us, well, how, how big is that skeleton? They were able to digitize the photograph uh, in their computers, and, and, and all of them put it just under nine feet. So it's, it's extremely interesting to me, Sheila, that there's a photograph sitting in the archives and no one cares because they're not, even look, they're not either looking for it or it's a deliberate obfuscation. What right. was telling to us, and I haven't, I haven't told you this yet, what was absolutely astounding to us is we went back several months ago. We walk into the museum. It's since moved, by the way, into, into its new quarters. But the Ralph Gooden section was very small. When I was there and, and doing my research, it was the entire museum had been turned over to the Ralph Gooden display. Well, when we got there, it was, it was confined to like one, one room slash hallway in the museum, a very small museum on Catalina. They've since moved, like I just mentioned. We got there and I went, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding. There on the wall was the picture that I had discovered, blown up to probably two and a half feet wide by 18 inches high, roughly, okay? Maybe a little bigger than that. And it was was the picture, which which is in my book. But you know what they had done, Sheila? They cropped the skeleton out of the picture. It's not there. It's not there. And if that's not a deliberate obfuscation by the scientific slash academic community, I don't know what is. And I I went to the curator and said, Why are you guys doing this? You know, what is it? The lame excuse I got was, well, we don't want to show too many Native American skeletons. And I said, are you kidding me? Look around at every single picture in the Ralph Gooden exhibit. Almost every single one shows Native American skeletons. This is the only picture, in our opinion, which isn't Native American, which points back to the Nephilim. So, you know, it, it was just absolutely astounding to see that there really was very telling well
0: what's interesting to me la is that when you look at the multiple ruins and the hogans the temples the Kivas, the pictograms logogram images ancient rock engravings you name it it always seems to whether, whether you go you know east west south or north it always seems like the four corners of the earth contain things that match biblical stories of portals fallen angels, giants, reptilian kinds of creatures and the havoc these entities or anomalies play in the old world. Now, you know, we're talking about as early as 1000 years before Christ, physical records, you know, containing practically every element from spiral vortexes to human animal chimeria and six fingered and six toed footprints in pursuit of much smaller little five-fingered humans. There's an absolute theme in the Bible here. And yet, why is it that this is a topic that is not discussed in the church? The church just will not touch us with a 10-foot pole.
1: Well, most of the church won't. I was just at a conference, and I could tell that, um, and I'm not going to mention any names, but one of the speakers, I think, was very uneasy with what I was presenting. Um, And we agreed on, you know, much of eschatology. I mean, we were right lockstep as far as what we believe with with Israel and the rebirth of Israel. And uh, what he was, I think he was taken aback. And he's never studied this stuff. And so um, he was caught off guard. He wasn't ready for what I was presenting. A lot of people aren't. I was at a conference, and I won't tell you where it was. Um, and it was a fairly large conference. I was the only speaker. We had between, I don't know, seven 800 people the pastor came up to me in my in the first meeting took me out to lunch and he basically uh, dropped the bomb on me he showed me a a, a text that he had gotten from another pastor stating that LA Marzulli is a false teacher that hurts it hurts deeply because uh, I, I just wonder whether any of these guys has actually gone to the blog ever read any of my material look at the sunday Go to meet and bun which is which is a little mini sermon every sunday or have heard me, you know, talk about Jesus and the second coming and, you know, biblical eschatology and on and on and on it goes. And so he's making this really outlandish charge. L.A. Marzulli is a false teacher. And and the pastor looked at me and said, well, I don't believe that, but that's what I'm up against. And my people really don't know who you are, so you got to go easy with them. And Sheila, I spent, I added 20 slides to my presentation that night Nephilim 101, and I went over the basics, starting from Genesis 3 to Genesis 6, and went over and over and brought brought the same point back again a little later. Well, when I was finished, I had a standing ovation from the crowd. Wow, That's on a Friday night. On Saturday night, when I went back to give my second presentation, as I was introduced, and this blew me away, the entire audience gave me a standing ovation. They all rose to their feet. Now, I mean... They're not applauding me. I'm just a am just a messenger here. I'm just a guy that's delivering the stuff. But obviously we hit a nerve, and and people got it, and we and we change their paradigm. We 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 equip them with what's going on in these last days, because what's going on in the last days it'll be like the days of Noah. And this is what's so incredible about it. The church the church has it all there, and 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 many. Churches don't want to, like you said, won't touch it with a 10-foot pole, just walk away from it, are afraid of it. Well, we don't want to alarm our, our parishioners or our constituents or whatever. Well, we're afraid that, you know, if we do that, the giving will go down. People need to understand that the time we are in, living in right now, are unprecedented. They're not like anything else I've ever seen. And it's not getting better. It's getting worse. That's the whole point of the new book, Days of Chaos, and also Watchers 9, which is also called Days of Chaos. The film and the book are different. The film talks about um, certain points that are certainly chaotic, and the book goes into other points that the film doesn't touch on. So it, it's really a, it's a one-two punch. We're excited about it. Um, both of those will be um, available. We'll pro- I'll probably start shipping out orders. We've already sold, I don't know, hundreds of them already, pre-sales. And uh, we'll probably start shipping them out uh, the, around the 5th to the 7th of October. That's where we're hoping to get delivery. But there's a remnant, Sheila. That remnant is expectant. They, they want to know what's going on. They know that something's not right. They know that what they're looking at is unprecedented. Let me just give you an idea of what we're talking about here. Right now, as we speak, there's an influx of thousands, tens of thousands of Islamists, of Muslims, pouring in from the Middle East into Europe. It is an invasion, and the Europeans are too stupid to see it. They don't understand what's happening. Maybe some of them do, but their countries are being overrun, and this kind of an influx by Muslims into Europe will change the cultural fabric of the entire continent. These people want nothing more, for the most part, than Sharia, They are, it's a political ideology. It's not a religion. It's a political ideology. And what they, they don't rest until they take over. Um, There's, there's a, there's a clip that I just saw uh, before the show where these refugees just coming in are already demanding this, that, and the other thing from these countries which are hosting them. Um, There's a woman screaming in New Jersey that soon will outnumber you. This is where this is what's going on here, and the politically correct, limp-wristed morons, uh, you know, think that this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. There's a quote that we've heard before, uh, and it happened in Australia, and this woman called the Muslims vipers in our laps. That's what she called them. I'm just quoting her. I'm not saying that they're vipers. I'm quoting what this woman said, and she she's in Australia, and she calls this influx of Islamists, vipers in our laps. Why? They're not interested in assimilating. I think it's very clear where they're at. What they're interested in is creating an Islamic caliphate or having everyone convert or starting sharia law or having, you know, halal meats or whatever. That's what they're interested in doing. And it's interesting, Ben Carson talk about days of chaos. Carson says that no no Muslim should be president. And Oh, the politically correct crowds all over that. Oh, it's, it's 2015, Doctor Ben. You know, it's not it's not 1943. And there's nothing wrong with having a Muslim become president. Are you kidding me? Are in fact, we probably already have a Muslim as president. But I digress. And Carson Carson is being you know uh, run up or keel hauled on on the uh, politically correct ship. You know, and that's the problem. You can't say anything. Today, without the PC crowd coming down and slamming you over the head, that's why I love Donald Trump so much because he really doesn't care. You know, I, I remember that there's a clip recently where he sat with um, Anderson Cooper and he looked right at Cooper and said, "No one trusts you, and they don't trust the media either." And he's so right. That's why he's soaring in the polls um, now. Already, they're they're hitting against Carly Fiorina for a 2001 speech, which she talked about Islamic civilization was the greatest in the world. And I've read the speech, you know, and all this other stuff, and it's getting legs. And this is a hit piece on Carly, and she's going to have to address it, and she's going to have to address it soon. If she comes up and stands for um, the idea that a Muslim can be president, then she's just lost my vote and my support. Um, I love the way she talked about Planned Parenthood. I love the way she challenged Obama and Hillary Clinton to look at the videos. And then of course we got Gloria Steinman, who probably hasn't looked at the videos, but all she can do is is give Carly the ad hominem attack and attack her. She's and that's what Obama did, the little tap dance around the video, which shows a uh, a fetus on a table, lace kicking, heart beating, exactly like Fiorina said, and they're cutting the thing up. Yeah. So this is where we are as a culture. And and the reason why. Uh, these guys like Gloria Steinman and Obama and Hillary uh, immediately attack her with the ad hominem stuff is because they know their position is indefensible. And then, of course, they'll start going, the war on women and all this other nonsense. They're not addressing the issue. They're not addressing the issue, which is the selling of human body parts, which is absolutely insane. It is indefensible in, on from any sane person on this planet. Hillary, Obama, and Gloria Steinman, with all due respect, know this. And that's why they sidestep the issue and they start attacking, you know, Fiorina, her personality, her this, any, you know, the war on women. Oh, we're going to go back to the Stone Age with the Republicans. You know, oh, Planned Parenthood, you know, does all this good for women. They don't address Fiorina's challenge. And, you know, I said Billy for Carly. That clip on the last debate won me over to her side. She's incredibly articulate. She's brilliant. Um, She's erudite. And she knows her stuff. Uh, You know, Trump is sort of getting up to speed. And I like the Donald. What I like about him is he's got, you know, already, look, Bush, George W. Bush, going to build a wall here, going to have a fence fence on the border, going to keep all the immigrants over there. No, you didn't. The federal government promised us a fence on the border after 9-11. The stinking border, the last time I checked, is as porous as ever. And the drugs continue, and all the other nonsense continues. What does Trump say? He says, the first thing we're going to do is get rid of the gangs. Bully for Donald. Somebody actually addresses the stinking problem. You know, the Mexicans are going, making, making pinatas with Donald. Why don't we just reverse the situation here, Sheila? Why don't we just go down to Mexico? Let's say, I don't know, three or four million Americans, and say, hey, you know, now we want free health care, and we want, we want you know, to get on uh, free medical care, and we want to send our kids to your school for free. Welcome to America. No other country on this planet would do this. This is so wacky. And I love Trump. He goes, we're going to build a wall. It's exactly what needs to happen. We need to build a wall. These are the days of chaos. These are the days of chaos. We are in an absolute chaotic planet right now. You know, when you look at the earthquakes and the volcanic activity, which is ongoing. Volcanoes in Mexico, volcanoes in Ecuador, the, the Temble 8.3 down in Chile last week. I mean, it ain't going away. It's not going away. Now there's a there's a threat of the Barta Bunga, which is next to the Eyjafjallajokull volcano in Iceland. You know, and I, I blogged about this stuff. This is what's so cool about the book, Days of Chaos. I've been blogging, looking at this stuff, writing articles for eight years. And so you start to assimilate these things, and there's there's a pattern going on here. The pattern is this. Events are accelerating. It's not getting better. We're 18 trillion in debt. You know, look look at the chaos in this country alone. Look at the racial tension in this country. Look at the 91 million people out of work. Heck, who the heck's working with only 300 million people on the, on, in America? Who the heck is working? Not many people are. How many people on food stamps? Record record high. 60 million people on food stamps, and yet the, the politically correct. Moronic crowd can't balance the budget. This is why the top three contenders in America right now are Donald Trump, uh, Carly Fiorina, and Dr. Ben. because And they are completely outside the beltway. Every, anybody with half a brain can look at this and go, uh, you know, this is why Rick Perry dropped out. Because they look at Rick Perry with the same old ridiculous crafted talking points and his stupid glasses, and he's trying to look presidential. Next, next. We're so sick of it. Scott Walker drops out for the same reason. You know, um, Jeb Bush is in there try, trying to make a big deal by talking Spanish. Jeb, we don't care. We, we don't want you, Jeb. We don't want your stale ideas and your cronyism and all the Southern nonsense. And the only way this country's ever going to get back on track is with someone like the Donald, in my opinion. It ain't going to happen. But, you know, that's only one thing. Then we've got the Chinese bomb, We've got the possible collapse of the, of the U.S. petrodollar. We've got the yuan, the which is deliberately devaluating their currency. We've got North Korea threatening nukes. I mean, this it's just, you know, where do you want to st- start? Uh, one more thing. You've got the Russian bear with Putin, who you might as well just call him Tsar Vladimir, because that's what he's acting like. He's a Tsar and he's giving the S-300 missile system to Iran, which will then equip them so the Israelis might not be able to do a preemptive attack against the Bashar reactor. Then you've got the Ruskies, you know, once again, Tsar Vladimir selling or giving munitions and tanks and everything else to Syria. I mean, I've never seen it discharged, unprecedented times.
0: Well, you're right. I mean, absolutely. It's hard to know where the head starts and the tail ends on this mega beast. <laughs> now you got. Dog. I mean, it's fitting because Days of Chaos really denotes a fitting title. La, where we are in history. This is Caligula level chaos meets Days of Noah insanity. Yeah, that was good. That was, a
1: real, I was say that again. That was really good, Sheila.
0: Caligula level chaos meets days of Noah insanity that's really wow. where we're at
1: and I quote you, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yes, really you can.
0: well you've said a mouthful and all that with Donald Trump and Planned Parenthood debacle and this complete mindless evil that's erupting on every level with ISIS and of course ISIS wants to create the caliphate I mean we'd be yes. taking back the land but Sean it's always been contested territory throughout history and even now when you look at according to God the 12 tribes are going to have that land when Incidentally, Bashan, today is right smack dab in the middle of Syria. It's Mm -hmm. kind of an epicenter for a great territorial battle. So the Pope is here today. You've got the UN wanting a one world climate authority. You've got the Pope talking about baptizing aliens and abortions fine. And what is CERN doing over there in Switzerland? Kicking off that thing today, as a matter of fact, you've got, what are they doing? Opening the spirits of the ages. And one of the things we can see, and I think it is very clear, For people that can see, hear, taste, smell, and observe, the world is watching prophecy just on fire in the world today. It's unfolding. You'd have to be a mindless, brainless idiot to not think the Bible really has painted this 2,000 years ago, hasn't it?
1: Well, the Bible warns us of exactly what's happening you know, wars and rumors of wars. Check. Many will come in my name saying I'm the Messiah. Check. We actually cover this a little bit in Watchers Nine. There's a whole there's a whole chapter in, in, in my book, Days of Chaos, which is, you know, it it, it talks about that um, because that's that's the first thing. False Christ and other false prophets. I mean Many will come in my name. Wars and rumors of war, check. Famines, check. Earthquakes in diverse places, check. Troublesome times. I mean, men fanning from fear for what is coming upon the earth. I mean, it's all happening. The financial collapse. Uh, the Fukushima disaster. The, the talk of a one-world government. Um, the ongoing wars and rumors of war. The fish and animal die-offs that we see, which happen, on, you know, almost every week is another million fish washing up or 60,000 antelopes. I mean, whatever it is, it's just nuts. The Marian apparitions, the volcanic activity, the ring of fire, which goes around and around. And then we get, like you mentioned, the whole UFO thing, which we haven't even really talked about. Which, you know, I mean, there are... You talked about the Vatican Observatory and, and the Popes over here and CERN's being open. I mean, it's, it's just... It makes your head spin. It absolutely makes your head spin. And this is why... The book, Days of Chaos, and uh, the DVD, Watchers 9, Days of Chaos, same name. We cover different material in in the books. We really do. One of my favorite sections is the addressing of the California drought, and this is in Watchers 9. We interviewed this man uh, by the name of Andy. Andy's been on the Colorado River for 45 years. He spent his life on the Colorado River, okay? He knows the river, and he's alarmed at what he sees. He gave us footage of algae plumes, which are now growing in these reservoirs. Uh, he talked about when the algae blooms like this, uh, there's a fish die-off. The, the, the smaller um, plant life and, and smaller fish die first, and then the larger fish die. They can't get any oxygen. Then, because their bodies are decaying, there's not enough oxygen to make them decay, and the whole thing magnifies itself, and you've got the entire areas which are dead. But what's alarming to him is that the the level is very, very low. The the Colorado River level is very low. Lake Mead, very low. And this is impacting the two hydroelectric dams on the Colorado, which provide electricity to about 40 million people. 40 million people. If we do not get rain in California this year, if there's no snowpack, and that river continues to drop, eventually it will fall below where the generators will stop working. That affects power to 40 million people, and that will produce a series of cascading events which will be absolutely unprecedented in modernity. We've never seen anything like this. Meanwhile, no one wants to talk about it. That's what's happening in the Colorado Entire orchards in California up north, because of a lack of water, are being cut down. Entire orchards, almonds, oranges, lemons, entire orchards are gone. Uh, we I live up in Decker Canyon here in Malibu. And there's a guy that's got what we call a gentleman's vineyard. He's got three acres. It's all planted in grapes, okay? And years past, he's, you know, made his own wine. Well, he was pressured by the neighbor's. Um, not to water the plants, just to water them to keep them alive, but not to water them so, you know, you get grapes, because you really got to pump the water in. Because what he was doing is he was taking from our aquifers, and people up here went, look, you don't live up here. You just bought three acres, and you're growing grapes and making wine so you can show your buddies, you know, a bottle of wine. Meanwhile, you're impacting everybody's well, including my own well. And uh, he stopped doing that with all, you know, kudos to him. He stopped watering the plants. They're still alive, but there was no harvest this year because he couldn't, there was not enough water to go around. That's telling. My creek, and I've been up here for, since 1978, so I've been up here for years, okay? That creek used to run five to six months out of the year. I haven't seen that little seasonal creek run in seven years. Seven years. It has not run. So this is where we are. There's a lake up here, up in Decker Canyon. People used to come up here and fish. They would boat. That lake is bone dry, and that's where we did the shoot with Andy um, from the Colorado River. We went up there, and we're standing in this dry lake bed, and he's talking about the Colorado River. And that's just, that's just just one little dynamic, which, you know, you start stacking this stuff up, Sheila, and it becomes like, oh, boy, these are the days of chaos, and there might not be a way out of them. Who knows? If you look at the geoengineering and the
0: chemtrailing and the terraforming, these GMO frankenfoods are got more Morgellons disease. I mean, what is that? These little parasites like fibers that are, they disperse nanoparticletes, and particle accelerators at the nano level and changing our DNA and the cross pollination of this biotech, the nanotech fusing robots with humans, and then altering the genome and altering our frequencies of our DNA. And they've admitted on record LA that they're genetically manipulating things like creating fetuses. When you put this all together, we're living in unprecedented
1: times. I I completely agree. And you know, my friend and the co-producer of the watcher series um, Richard Shaw came up with with a very interesting comment. And it was this, unless you're sure, unless Jesus returns soon, there might not be uh, anything to come back to. And while that, you know, sounds sort of, I guess, bizarre in some ways, it's not. And you just mentioned it with the chemtrails, with the, um, with all the spraying, the geoengineering that they're doing with all the chemicals and the food. I mean, what are we really looking at here? What is really going on. It is absolutely alarming, in my opinion. And this is why, you know, I got to tell you, I look around this planet and I'm a blessed man. Father God has blessed my wife and me. It'll be 31 years. Our anniversary is tomorrow, 31 years. And I mean, we're blessed. We really are blessed. And I look around and this isn't my home. It, it just, it's not my home. And I realize that that might, you know, what do you mean it's not your home, LA? But it's not. We are strangers in a strange land here. Um, I look at the the overwhelming violence on this planet. Chicago, the murder capital of the United States. I mean, every weekend, it's just the body count. The yeah. craziest stuff happens in that city. It's ridiculous. I look at the rampaging of ISIS on this planet. The beheading of Christians. And Obama won't call them Christians. You know, but he's already to invite the... The little Islamic kid who builds the stupid clock in about 25 seconds by the way there's a video now showing what the kid did he just took a a clock the guts of a clock from another clock and threw it in a little box right. that's all he did i mean it's just a joke and what did he do you know he just it, it look if you're a teacher and you see that and you know what's going on you you, you know they did the right thing call me i don't know what this kid's going to do are you kidding me you know who would have who would have imagined the sh- the fort shooter, you know, yelling "Allahu akbar as, as he blows away 13 innocent people, including a pregnant woman who begged for the life of her child. I mean, this is the type of insanity. And it it was, the whole thing was just a put-up with, uh, you know, this, this little Islamic kid and uh, the, all the politically correct crowd, you know, and Obama invites the kid to the White House, but he doesn't invite um, you know, the parents of the woman who was brutally gunned down in a random attack uh, in San Francisco, or you know, any of the, any of the families of, of Christian martyrs in the Middle East. Oh no, 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 no. You know, but like Trayvon, same thing. If I had a son, he'd be Trayvon. I mean, this guy's a real piece of work, in my opinion. We know nothing about him, and he always sides with the Muslims. He never sides with the Christians ever. I've never seen him do it. The uh, Coptic Christians who were slaughtered on the uh, on the, uh, the shore of the Mediterranean by ISIS. Several months ago, they were all just beheaded in a gruesome, disgusting, you know, execution style uh, murder, because that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And he refused to call them Christians. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable what's going on. And yet they want to bring these people into this country. Are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? I mean, come on, but man.
0: But, do you notice these guys that are flooding in, a lot of these Syrians, they're not women and children. They're 25-year-old, no. able-bodied males.
1: Is That's that, what they are. Is
0: that raise a red flag with anyone?
1: It should raise a red flag to everyone, Sheila, but the Europeans are too stinking stupid to realize that their countries are being overrun. It is an invasion force, and it's over. The only choice they have is to deport these people. And here's the telling thing, and I wrote about this on my blog, lamarsulie.wordpress.com. Saudi Arabia, and a a friend of mine at this conference I was just at over the weekend, um, Dr. Rob, uh, had it on his presentation, and I Googled it and put it up on my blog. And it was unbelievable. Saudi Arabia has a tent city, a fully air-conditioned tent city. Get this. Now, when you say tent city, you go, oh, well, you know, they probably got a couple of thousand tents, maybe, you know, maybe a, a couple hundred tents, whatever. No, Sheila, this is an air conditioned, state of the art tent city, okay? Air conditioned, which can hold, get this, drum roll, 3 million people. Wow. 3 million people. Guess how many refugees the Saudis take? Zero. And you know what they say to Germany? Well, we won't take the refugees, but we'll be more than happy to come to Germany and build 200 mosques. Unbelievable, isn't it? Here it is. And that's the Islamization of Europe right there. And the people are too stupid to realize what's going on. Why won't the Saudis take in any
0: of the refugees? I think it's really quite clear that there is a mass exodus happening. It's on before our eyes. And I think what people have to understand is we're really... At a crossroads in this country, we look at the race wars and the deep divisions, the absolute rumblings in the epicenter of the Middle East. And then you have the current pope who's declared his support for the Palestinian statehood. What I mean, what? Especially on the anniversary of Israel's yeah. declaring its statehood. Oh, I mean, yeah.
1: That's very uh. bizarre, isn't it? Sheila, that is so deliberate. And here he is. Look, Obama is no friend of Israel. And that's, he's shown it over, the fact that he's sitting there dealing with the Iranians tells us exactly who he is and what he's about. Because his name is Hussein, Barack Hussein Obama, he more than likely is a Shia Muslim. That's what he is. And that's, watch his wedding rings come off during Ramadan and the whole deal. Watch him flee during the Christmas season so he doesn't have to say Merry Christmas or anything else. He is a Muslim, in my opinion. Um, He's even said it. Uh, when he was being interviewed, I forget who interviewed him, but I've, I've seen the clip and it's not photoshopped in any way. And, Muslim, and he goes, my Muslim faith, just like that. You, he corrects him. You mean, oh yeah, my Christian faith. Now, you know, you can interview me at, at four o'clock in the morning with no sleep and, and a, there's no way in a million years that would ever come out of my mouth. It's just not going to happen. But it came out of his mouth. When his guard was down, because that's who he is. And yeah, so, a
0: little Freudian slip there. But yeah, then again, well, you know, Israel is now surrounded by nations who absolutely pose a direct Essential threat, threat there's, to yeah, her, there's, there's no question there's a destruction here. I mean, when you've got nuke deals being signed off from this, you call him a Muslim in the White House. I call him the jihadist in the slaughterhouse. How he has not been impeached. I mean, we know he ha- wasn't born here, which right. is amazing that a Hawaiian right. senator has now come out and said, listen, we've extensively gone through through everything, there's no birth certificate for this guy. No, Sheila, no one cares. I mean, you know, nobody this-
1: cares. The fact, the fact that Boehner and McConnell can sit there—they are spineless. They have no, no fortitude. These guys got to go. They are not for the people. They're for Obama. And it makes you wonder: What does Obama have on these guys? What does Obama have on Chief Justice Roberts, who flees the country the first time? Supreme Court upheld Obamacare. He fled the country. He left the country. And once again, this time, um, you know, Ob- Obamacare is somehow constitutional. What? What? I mean, the whole, it's a it's a rigged game. It's just like the, the Supreme Court, nine people decide that, oh, we're going to make gay marriage, uh, you know, the law of the land. That's judicial fiat. That's not by the people and for the people. That's nine people who are put there by different Um, different administrations with different ideological bents. And that's, you know, they finally stacked the court so they can get the results they want. It's a shell game. Everything, in my opinion, everything that our founding fathers fought for over 200 years ago, there's nothing left anymore. We are are in the same place that we were when we fought the American Revolution. And now you got this knucklehead Sanders going, well, if if I'm elected, I'm going to raise taxes. Oh, thank you. The tax burden in this country is already on. You can't get ahead, Sheila. If you make any money, you hand it right over to the federal government. And that's not the way this country was built. Until 1913, there were no taxes. There were no taxes. And, oh, you know, this is just, it's not going to be, and they always couch it that way. And they figure that, well, that generation dies off, and the new generation is stupid, and they don't tell you this stuff in school. You know, everything is managed, so the kids don't learn that, oh, before 1913, we didn't have taxes here. Oh, the Federal Reserve has nothing to do with the federal government. Oh, gee, is it taxation without representation? You bet. And the one thing about Rand Paul, he's unelectable. He's way down in the polls, and he, he just it's never going to happen. But the one thing he's talking about is do a flat tax. Abolish the IRS, which needs to be done. Abolish the onerous and absurd tax code with thousands and thousands of pages, which no one in their plan- right mind could ever possibly read and understand, have a flat tax. It should be under 10%, in my opinion, well under 10%, and balance the budget in the federal government and, 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 and reduce the 800 military bases that we have all over the planet, which most Americans don't even know about, 800 military bases. Who's paying for that? Who do you think?
0: Well, someday I always say when the historians are sifting through the ashes of what once was a free West, they're going to discover that a resounding silence is what caused its demise. And I really believe this. And I guess so did the major contributor to America's Second Great Awakening. Charles Finney said, L.A., if Satan rules in our halls of legislation... The pulpit is responsible, and look at the decay of conscience. Well, the pulpit's responsible for that as well. We've got no discernment, no morals. We've got a, it's just morally bankrupt society, and Finney on this point was dead on. And the truth is, LA, that today's pastors, churches, and religious leadership have been shamefully silent on an all-out fervent war on Christianity. I mean, you talked earlier about the persecution of the Christians worldwide, right. but it's not just the vehement extirpation of the true Christian values that America was founded on, but Christians are being slaughtered and tortured and raped and beheaded in droves, and instead of these atrocities consuming the pews of the churches here in the West, it's
1: crickets chirping. There's nothing, Sheila. There's absolutely nothing. O- Obama doesn't do diddly squat, basically. You know, we signed this ridiculous deal with the Iranians. Meanwhile, Saeed, the pastor, languishing in an Iranian jail for three years. I mean, it's a bad deal. No way they should ever sign this thing in a million years. But, you know, Obama doesn't care because the end goal is to, and this is why the Pope is there. And look, I wrote about this, and with all due respects to Catholics, with all due respects to Catholics, and I understand a lot of good Catholics out there, but I look at the excesses in Catholicism, the robes, the rings, the hats, the, the different costumes that all these people wear, transubstantiation, the altar, the mass in itself. All this is invention by human beings. It has nothing to do with the biblical narrative. Now, people will argue that till the cows come home. And they'll try to, you know, somehow shore up transubstantiation. And that's what Jesus is talking about. It's just a bunch of nonsense. And that's by Luther, did his 93 thesis on the Wittenberg door, and and here we are, you know, decades later, hundreds of years later. Okay, I get that. But the Pope is here, and he certainly doesn't speak for me. And it's amazing how the media, because the media is, is bent to the left, loves this Pope, because the Pope, first of all, is a Jesuit, and I don't trust them as far as you could throw him. Not only is he a Jesuit, he's against capitalism. He never talks about Russia, He always, he, but he's against capitalism. And you know, I've been to, I've been down in Mexico. I've been to Bolivia, I've been to Peru, okay? I've seen poverty in those countries. You can make a case. And I know I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for saying this. I'm echoing the words of Francis Schaeffer. A strong case can be made that the countries on this planet that experience the reformation enjoy the greatest freedoms. Their women enjoy the greatest, they're honored. They're cared for. I'm, I'm paying with a broad brush here, but let's go to India, which, you know, or let's go to a Muslim country, which has no Protestant Reformation, and, and look at the way the women are treated. Look at how the women are treated here. Look at the way the women are treated in Mexico and in South American countries. It's there is no revolution, and there is poverty throughout all these countries. And all those countries in South America, they're all Catholic. Every single one of them is Catholic, and most people don't understand this. The Mexican government. 50% of the Mexican government is controlled by the Vatican. It's in the Constitution, in the Mexican Constitution. Thank you, Gary Steerman, for pointing this out to me. 50% of the Mexican government is controlled by the papacy, by, by the Vatican. Most people don't know that. I didn't know that until Gary Steerman told me that. And a strong case can be made, and I've been there and I've seen it. These people live in poverty. It's a two-class system. It's the 1% on the top and then the equally poor below. And what what alarms, what should alarm most Americans, is we at one time had a very healthy, strong middle class in this country, and that we enjoy the freedoms in this country because of our Constitution. And that Constitution was penned on the biblical narrative, not the Catholic narrative, but the biblical narrative, not the Catholic catechism, but the biblical Protestant Reformation. That's what it was built on by guys like John Locke, in England, that's what it was built on. Yes, it had nothing to do with Catholicism, and that's why they didn't want it over here. And now the whole me—it's like I went to the grocery store today. I bought some salmon and cooked it. it really good tonight, just delicious. But I digress. The bottom line is all you know—all the, the magazines. It's the Pope. Papa's here. He's—he's he's not my papa. I don't believe in the Pope. You know, and I—I I think the whole thing—it's it, a man-made institution which has a form of religion but denies its power. And you know what? I can bag on the Protestant just as well, that these churches have a form of religion, but deny the power of the spirit of a living God to come in uh, and, 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 and manifest in the meetings. Can't have that, LA. It's too sloppy, supernatural sloppy. So we've got this, this, this ceremony, when this guy's dressed up in a robe who's a priest, and he changes this wafer magically into the body and blood of Yeshua, which in my opinion is, is absolute abomination. That's just nonsense. And these priests will say, "This is the body of Jesus, the real." No, it's not. What are we cannibals here? That's not what we're talking about. That's not what he said. Go back and look at the at the um, at the communion in the light of where it was given. It was given in a seder, a Passover seder, and most Christians have no idea of when Jesus is taking the Apicom and he's breaking it and saying this is my body I mean it's absolutely cosmic and that Passover was instituted you know thousands of years ago that's what he's talking about all that's lost all that's lost and now we have to have a priest otherwise we can't get communion I mean what, what it's a rigged game and only the priest can hear confession that's not biblical that's not what the Bible tells us It says confess your sins to one another it doesn't say you need a priest to do that <laughs> Well, I don't think there's any
0: coincidence that this Pope is a Jesuit. I don't think it's coincidence as Tom Horn alludes to, that these cardinals and bishops when they speak out against him and his Jesuit agenda usually end up falling down a flight of stairs or their throats slit. The Pope's big climate encyclical talks about poverty and socialism and anti capitalist wealth redistribution and I say, Well, why don't you if you're such a proponent of the poor, why don't you start selling off the Vatican properties and Oh,
1: can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The
0: Times Man of the Year. I'm no expert LA on the Shemitah and the Four Blood Moons and the CERN opening and everything else but with the Pope's visit with all this other stuff going on and him announcing that you know hey we're going to be baptizing aliens and we need to I mean could we be looking at a scenario where Satan is presented as hey this guy's just been demonized and marginalized all these years and the God of the Bible well he's the big bully.
1: Well, that's what they're going to tell us. And that's, um, I think what's coming is unprecedented. And it, we, may, we may actually hear something in the next 72 hours. Uh, it'd be very telling to see what happens. Um, we had Intel, which I went public with a while back when I, when I first heard it. And it was basically this, that September 23rd, which by the way is my 31st wedding anniversary. But they were planning an event on September 23rd. Now, that came, allegedly came through a guy in special ops in the United States who called a mutual friend, and this friend contacted me and said, hey, this is what I just heard. And, you know, I vetted it as much as possible. Nothing would surprise me at this point, absolutely nothing. The Pope's over here, we've got the four blood moons, you've got the Shemitah. I mean, at least we need to be aware and, and alert as to what may or may not happen, if nothing happens, well, that's fine. But the days of chaos continue, don't they? You know, the one world government, Fukushima, the false Christ, the financial collapse, the rise of lawlessness, Sheila. Just, you know, Black Friday's coming, folks. The day after Thanksgiving, just watch all those Walmart choppers trample innocent bystanders if they get in the way and fight and kill for a $12 toaster. That's our culture, like it or not. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. This is the bottom line. Uh, w- when you look at ISIS and, and the rampage that these thugs and, and, and the rapacious nature of them, uh, it's, it's alarming. And, and yet um, nothing's being, nothing that we know anyway is really being done uh, to stop them. They are licking their chops. They are, they are closing in on Jordan. Jordan acts as the buffer between ISIS and Israel the goal is Jerusalem. Um, I got a clip with this fiery imam, Higazi, in Egypt when Morsi was running on the Muslim Brotherhood platform. And Morsi was elected. Now he's in jail, right? So, you know, they have a, they've had another coup there. But Higazi, this fiery imam, is yelling and screaming in Tahrir Square. And thousands of people are yelling, you know, to Jerusalem we go, martyrs in the millions. I mean, they're just, they're vipers, man. They're vipers on our laps. They tell you exactly what they're going to do. They're crazy, and you can't trust them. To Jerusalem we go, martyrs in the millions. That's what they say. The prize is Jerusalem. And this is, you know, you mentioned it earlier. Israel is surrounded by those countries and those fanatic, fanatical regimes who pose a direct existential threat to her. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't we hear about all this in prophecy? Psalm 83, Ezekiel 38, Isaiah 17. These are all addresses which any serious student of the Bible at this point in time should know by heart. They should know Psalm 83 is a coalition of only Arab nations which come against Israel when they are soundly defeated. Israel expands her borders. Isaiah 17 talks about the sudden destruction of the city of Damascus, yes, yes. which has been has been occupied by human beings for it's the longest occupied city on the planet. Isaiah 17. People should know the Ezekiel 38 39 coalition, and there's not, as a truckmaster would say, there's not an Arab in the bunch that that goes up against Israel, and they are soundly defeated on the mountains of Israel. That's the window of time that we are in. Days of chaos, anyone? You bet.
0: Days of chaos, indeed. You could not have ended on a more perfect note. For the listeners out there, especially the new listeners, give out your website, LA, and also tell people where they can pick up Days
1: of Chaos, both projects. The best place to get it is www.lamarzuli.net lamarzuli.net and um you know you can avail yourself of watchers 9 days of chaos or the new book Days of Chaos and End Time Handbook and it certainly is more than that at 400 pages so lots of information you know people need to hear this stuff look at it and understand where we are October 5th is the official release date of Days of
0: Chaos and I highly recommend people get that again lamarzuli.net it is bookmarked there at weekendvigilante.com LA it's always a pleasure to have you on the program and happy anniversary
1: thank you Sheila really appreciate it thanks for having me on
0: thanks LA folks that was LA Marzuli at lamarzuli.net you can go to weekendvigilante.com for the 23rd of September bio all his information as well as his blog is linked there folks if you have not got a copy of Green Gospel please do pick it up today and please if you have picked it up Fill out a review at Amazon.com. All that information and direct links are there at GreenGospel.ca. And I sure would like to hear feedback on the website. The website is interactive and I'd like to hear back what you think. And do not forget about the app. Go to the App Store, search Sheila Zelinsky, download the app, and you can get all the news, headlines, archives, and updates there former cop turned minister frank marzullo jr joins me tomorrow and then friday the one the only pastor david lankford on a controversial hotbed of contention topic it's going to be great and on a final note don't forget to be reading your bible folks make it a daily habit and get yourself a good devotional can't say enough about spending time in the word daily and if you have not fasted lately, do so. We need to be fasting and praying. We need it right now more than ever. Folks, thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. See you tomorrow. Good night and God bless.